Hello and welcome to Three Points on a Prayer, the podcast where I ask my guests how they came to faith in Christ, what has been the toughest part of their walk with Christ, and what has been the highlight of their walk with Christ. And then we ask them to pray for us. This week's guest is a former lecturer at Moreland's Bible College, and someone who's become a great personal friend since those days back in the mid-1990s. He's appeared on my previous podcast, Christians in Our Soup, when he exercised amazing grace following a great interview that was lost because somebody forgot to hit the record button. But it's truly a pleasure to welcome back to the recording booth for Three Points and a Prayer, Mr Colin Bennett. Now, Colin, I can see you smiling already. Um, Those listeners who've come with me from uh, Christians in Our Soup to uh, Three Points and a Prayer uh, will understand the smile on your face at the moment as they'll recall an interview that very nearly happened um, a while ago on the previous podcast. So uh, just just double making sure that we've hit the record button for this one. (laughs) No, I can see it's on record. So that's good. That's all good. That's all good. Um, Colin, welcome to Three Points and a Prayer. Um, I very much appreciate you giving up some time and coming on the show uh, today. It's it's much appreciated. Um, We'll dive straight in. Um, The same format as we do with each show, three points, and then I'll ask you to close in prayer. But start off, if you would, Colin, by telling us how you came to faith. What was your journey to becoming a Christian? Yes, yeah, so I'm used a little acrostic for these three points, and it spells out SOS. Save oh, our brilliant. <laughs> Loving your style. Always, always the way I go. So S is the whole salvation. Amazing grace. Isn't it just incredible that God, the, I mean, I remember Nikki Gumbel talking about transcendence and imminence. Transcendence, this whole notion that God is massive and huge, and we can't really get our head around God but then imminence that he loves us and loves us so intimately and carefully and closely. And uh, so for me, um, I was, um, I wasn't brought up in a Christian home, but my mum was religious and went to, to church and I went with her till the age of 12 to a Catholic church. I'd got no idea what that was all about. I really had got no idea. And so uh, then at the age of 12, um, I started going on my own because that's what happens, Holy Communion and all of that. So uh, and and uh, I just found it so intensely boring and so irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Nicky Gumbel's uh, in Alpha, you know, boring, irrelevant and untrue. It ticked <laughs> all those boxes for me. So um, I, I lied. I said to my mum that a strange man followed me home. And uh, she said, well, you better start coming back with me. I said, you've got to be joking. That's it. <laughs> so, um, so then nothing really happened for me in terms of church. I think I just was following my own selfish path, really. And uh, I got into some really bad things. And uh, But science was my, my, if you like, salvation. I was looking there. Uh, and then I looked into sex as being salvation. Wow. <laughs> okay. So the reality is, and drinking and everything that goes along with that, but the the reality is I met a wonderful woman at the age of, of um, when I was 22 at college, and she just said to me, there's more to life than this. Although she wasn't a Christian, she my, my wife now, Yvonne, who we've been together all those years, and um, she, for, uh, you know, 42 years married, and then two, three, three years when we were going out, and... Uh, she just said, "There's got to be more to life than this," and I thought, "No, this is this is the pinnacle." 
Right. <laughs> wow. Okay. But then a friend took took encouraged us to come to some guest services at St John's in Harbin, and I I went the first to the first one, and the love of God just impacted the whole of my life and being. That's all I can describe it as. Like there wasn't a prayer, there wasn't a salvation prayer or any of that. It was just knowing that God was there and he loved me and cared for me. His wonderful presence, that imminence was there for me. And so, and uh, my wife was very disappointed. My wife is now and girlfriend then, very disappointed. She, she thought, this is so unfair. I've been kind of like encouraging him to follow this. And then she still was not a Christian, but the following week, she get she she felt there was a door between her and God. Yvonne thought there was a door, but she said, and, and as and she felt she wrote a note to a friend who was a Christian. She said, "This door is not opening, and if it isn't tonight, it never is going to be." And as she we we got out of the car park at the church, she started to cry, and I said, "Why are you crying?" And she said, "The door is open." Oh wow. So for both of us, it's not traditional three-point prayer or any of that, you know, or whatever. It was just the Holy Spirit bringing the the imminence of God up close and personal to us. So that's where we are in terms of salvation. And and really, I was surpri- so surprised about it. I remember, you know, playing football a few weeks later, and uh, I'd got quite um a potty mouth i think they'd call it anyway <laughs> and and someone found me and i remember saying oh my goodness i'm thinking what's this oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> and really from that moment on swearing has not been an issue for me i i just just don't swear you know i just and it's not something that i've said oh, i'm not going to swear it just that was one of the things that god dealt with I wish there were other things that he dealt with. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ongoing process. Exactly. As, as it so is for us all. That's the S of salvation. And then O is the uh, is our Father. And you asked about what's one of the most difficult things for me to come to terms with and the most difficult challenge. And it's been, I was brought up in, an, uh, uh, my dad was an abuse, uh, abusive person, my mum was um, in that abusive relationship all through um, her, uh, her her life, married life. She never left him because she took her marriage vows very, very seriously and felt it would be a, a mortal sin to divorce my dad. But um, she she stayed with him. But uh, for me, I, I was very... My, my sister left at 17 and went to Holland. So she met a Dutchman and went to Holland. She was never, she never came back. Oh, wow. For me, at tw- 22, as soon as I'd gone to college, at 25, when I left there, we, we got married, myself and Yvonne, and we just moved. We moved to Sheffield and lived there for 10 years, you know, and, and made a new life, really, and uh, didn't really understand what it was to have a loving, caring marriage. But I learned from my my mother and father-in-law claire and george because their marriage is loving and caring and they became christians through us and so that's lovely um we we encouraged them to go to billy graham and all of that so it was great and they used to go to st john's in harbin as well 
I just think that whole sense of so our father having you know praying that prayer our father who is in heaven holy is your name uh, it was just a weird thing I always thought that God now was my father rather than my earthly father yeah yeah some people really struggle with but I didn't particularly struggle it with it until there was one day where I went to visit my dad we went to visit um, and we, myself and Yvonne, we got two children, two two girls by that time. And my dad was just picking off and being really obnoxious. Uh, I remember my, my so Ruth, Sarah, and Dan are my, our children. And I remember getting he was so mean to Ruth, and and I got him to sit on. I got Ruth to sit on my lap, and I said, "Don't listen to this man. Don't listen to. Him. Don't listen to what he's got to say." because it's not nice and it's mean and um anyway uh my dad my dad stormed off up, up to bed which would be his normal thing and, and Yvonne said come on let's go we're going we're not staying here to be insulted I said no <laughs> my joke is I'm not staying here to be insulted I can go somewhere else you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but the, the reality is as I'm just about to pack up and whatever I had a prompt from God, my father, our father. And I just felt my, my loving dad was saying to me, I want you to go and apologize to your earthly father. I'm thinking, you have you have you have got to be joking. You really yeah. you yeah. really here's the man that has caused so much angst in my life. You have got to be joking. As I'm hearing this voice, but I just had that constant. I I want you to go and say sorry, and I'm thinking, what do I need to sorry about? Say sorry about, and I felt God prompt me and say, you haven't respected your father in his own home, right? Yeah, thinking, well, he hasn't respected me. You know, I've got no hundred, you know, but no, you 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 have, and it, it's that and. I mean, obviously, since then, I've reflected on this and thought about where it talks about honouring your parents that you may live long in the land. Not obeying them, but honouring them, giving them honour and respect because they birthed you. They, you know, they were so. Um, so I went upstairs and I said to my dad, I said, uh, I'm sorry for not honouring you for not respecting you. Yeah. And he didn't respond. And, he, and there was no nothing but he right. came downstairs and and we stayed a little bit longer and then and then i left but the great thing about this story is that my dad just before he died called out on the name of the lord jesus christ wow and and therefore at his funeral i could then speak with surety in saying those who call on the name of the lord jesus christ and believe in his resurrection will be saved amen and so i know that my mum and dad it didn't happen in this life but in the life to come i will be united with them and reunited with them in a loving caring relationship so uh wow that's my mum was my mum was wonderful you know she really was, was wonderful but my dad was just a nightmare and uh but Praise God, he's there, and I I'm so looking forward to saying, Dad, I told you so, because my dad had two <laughs> near-death experiences. My dad right. had two near-death experiences. One, where he died, 
this is before I was a Christian, and went to, to the garden and met the gardener. <laughs> and the gardener said, it's not time for you to be here. Wham, and straight back into his body. But he also had a negative near-death experience where he died in bed and he was being wrapped in chains and dragged down a dark tunnel and then um wham back to his body so now he knows <laughs> yeah yeah what that really means all about so that's o our father who is in heaven and then s well it's that continual thing about save me jesus every single day the salvation of god is not a one off hit it's not the one time it's a lifetime of salvation and sanctif sanctification you know, becoming more like a saint, if you like. That's where we get the word from. So, you know, the, the word salvation. I was saved on that day. I'm being saved, which was with my dad and then and then now. And I will be saved. The final salvation message doesn't end until we see Jesus face to face in the flesh. The bride has come, you know, the bride and the bridegroom reunited. So, so what what's that like well it's a struggle and one of the things that's so exciting is that i'm working with groups of men so i've got four men's groups on the go at the moment majority of those people aren't christians and just talking to them about what it means to flourish and grow in your life yeah but yeah. just this last month we're making and we're, we've got the trustees meeting this evening for green door for families the group's called mast men actively standing together it's just wonderful and in that one guy who comes along he said colin i've been to many many groups but this is the best group i've ever been to in the whole of my life brilliant so isn't that, isn't that wonderful anyway um with what what we're, we're planning to do at the, the trustees meeting tonight for green door for families and mast of where I'm chair of, of Green Door for Families, which is a charity. People, your listeners can look it up. And there we're planning to look at um, making uh, one of the groups become more of a disciple-making group. Yeah. So shutting one of the groups down and then saying, now we're going to convert that into a disciple-making group and be intentional and make an offer to the, some of those men who aren't Christians to come and join us in a journey of reading the Bible together and discovering god yeah what our purpose is in life so that's uh so that's where i'm very excited russ i'm very excited about that at the moment it makes me you know i love my time at morelands 30 years at morelands and god got again through it through a prophetic word one of the um my previous pastors he came to me and said colin i want to tell you a little bit about what god has got for you now in store for you now yeah and he said and the prophetic word was, you have you have been in a golden tower yeah. at Morelands, a golden tower of God's glory, if you like, golden, yeah. golden tower. But now he's prepared for you a mine shaft, which can go from that golden tower onto the coal face to hew out new nuggets of gold. Wow. Isn't that That's lovely. That's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? Someone said to me, they said, Colin, you're not retired. You're refired. And oh, I love that. That's certainly true. Refired. So that's where I am. That's my life. I'm I'm so relishing this whole new season that God has brought me into. 
about working with men's groups and seeing where how they can grow and develop. So at first I started with one. We're now on to our fourth group in the Bournemouth Christchurch and Poole area. And it's just phenomenal to see those men who aren't flourishing being brought to a position where they are flourishing. That is absolutely amazing. And Colin, we'll try and get links to the relevant organisations up on the show notes. So um, if you can pop those across to us at some point, that would be great. And then we can put those on the show notes for people. Um, I'd, I'd like to pick up on a, a couple of bits that uh, that you've mentioned in your sharing. Um, listeners may recall that some weeks ago uh, we had uh, Steve Legg uh, on the show. And yeah. one of Wonderful. the things that he said, yeah, a great guy, really great guy. But he said something very similar uh, to what you did about his church experience as a youngster, which was that he was almost embarrassed that God had to be at church because of how church was. How how do we respond to that today in terms of making the church relevant without making it of the world? Oh, Russ, that is such a fantastic question. It's a $24 question, but I have an answer for it. Unlike some theologians, which will say that's a great question, and I don't really know where it is. The answer is this. I think we've missed missed the, the boat. Well, we haven't missed the boat. We've missed the ocean. What is the purpose of church? Now, some people say, well, it's so that we can worship and pray and all of that. No, it's so that we can encounter God in his imminence with us, up close and personalness, not not going through rituals for the sake of going through rituals. God says, doesn't he, I hate your religious assemblies, <laughs> which, is, which is pretty stark. No, what, what, what? And so therefore, the wonder and the mystery of God must be about what happens if we meet on a Sunday morning like that. And Jesus did. He's, you know, it says in, in Luke 4, it says Jesus went to synagogue, as was his custom. I mean, yep. if Steve Leg thinks it's bad, just think what Jesus would have thought of it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and I think the prophecy, the, you know, the, the, the joke is, you know, where somebody says, what do you think about this, God? And, and, and I'm going to leave. And, and God says, yeah, it's all right for you. I've got to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, the trick that we've really missed, I think, is this. Jesus only given us one task to do, and that's to make disciples. And there is a fantastic movement called Disciple Making Movement. I'd like to talk some more about this because that's what I'm hoping I'll be able to do with the men and actually move into that trajectory. Oh, wow. I think I think because um, the idea is it's open funnel. The idea is uh, it's open to mast. Our men's group are open to anybody. But then as you move down, down the funnel, you know, choosing people who are ready to become disciples, who aren't Christians, but are ready to become disciples, disciples of Jesus. And so therefore then working with them and at their pace to be able to encounter God through his word and through his spirit. So I think that's the answer. And I think making disciples and I think I think if you look at well, someone just said to me that they were, were were a mentor. They were the first mentor for Martin Smith of great delirious fame. So my 
close friend who's part of my mass group who's who's working with me to work with these men who we're working with he he is um martin smith set, had him peter keg as his first mentor yeah when he was 18 years of age and that's what we need we should have have someone who is discipling us and and somebody who were discipling that's the bare minimum you know, you, you know, you, Russ, me, Russ, me, Colin, we should be discipling at least one person and being discipled by one person. It's a bit like coaching. You know, I play golf. I need a golf coach to coach me so that I can coach my grandchildren to be better at golf. <laughs> I do want to pick up on one other thing. Uh, that you mentioned earlier on as well um you talked about as a youngster developing a love for science uh, and i know that that is something which has remained close to your heart um, so i'm going to ask the same question that i did when you appeared on the previous podcast um, so in case we have any fresh listeners that haven't listened previously how on earth do you tie up a love of science with your faith very easy i mean the wonder of creation. I sent it the Facebook thing this morning. The wonder of creation. All you've got to do is look outside. Open your eyes and see. You see, it's not a matter of faith versus science. It's a matter of faith versus scientism. Yeah, yeah. Quote um, John Lennox. Scientism is the idea that science is the faith. Yeah. Of, of the Western world and secularism. His book, Cosmic Chemistry, I've just been finishing it now. If your readers and listeners want to, to get a book that's going to blow their mind, get that book. Yeah. Cosmic Chemistry by John Lennox. It's absolutely fantastic. And if they understand it all, please can they come and tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Although I trained as a scientist, I did... Um, two years of a degree course at Wolverhampton, what is now Wolverhampton University. Um, the reality is, um, is that I can see no schism between faith and science. All you've got to do is think about the complexity of your body, your brain, every single cell in your body has an imprint, the DNA. I mean, isn't this just all incredible at a micro level? And then think about, consider the works of the heavens, the macro level. We only know. And when, when someone says, to, some, I, had a, I had a discussion with an atheist and this atheist, supposed atheist. I said, he said, oh, and he was very proud of the fact, I don't believe in God and God's been proven from science not to exist. I said, really? I said, and I, I know someone who's an astrophysicist who uh, is in one of my men's groups. Uh, he, this astrophysicist, I said to him, I said, am I right in thinking that we only know about 15% of what happens in the universe? He said, no, it's actually more like 14%. Wow. 86% is dark matter stroke dark energy. This guy, Hitt, who is an astrophysicist, he marks um, astrophysics papers. Right, yeah. At universities. So... You know, I know nothing compared to, to Kit. But when Kit's saying we do, 86% we don't know. So how can an atheist with certainty 
come to you and say there is no God. When 86 percent, clearly this atheist is not a scientist. So my line always, well, I haven't got enough faith to be an atheist. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I really have not got enough faith to be an atheist. But I'm so pleased that so many scientists now are discovering that the faith of the Bible and the words of the Bible absolutely resonate with what we see in scientific discovery. Yeah, fantastic. Colin, as always, it's been a pleasure, but I see that time is gradually getting away from us. Um, we, The title of the show is Three Points and a Prayer. I think we've probably covered five or six points um but that's great that's how the show goes and you know you know my presentation style i love to go through with things like that so um but it would be fantastic now if you would be willing to close with a prayer for us that would be great it would be my pleasure thank you our father who is in heaven holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And, and do not bring us to a time of trial through the, through the devil and through, through the world that we live in. But give us your blessing. By the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you today for your love for your care. Father, for everything that you mean to us. And Father, we dare to call you Father because you are imminent, you are up close and personal to us. Through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the indwelling and empowering of your Holy Spirit. I pray for everybody who's listening to this podcast that you would be up close and personal to them today that they would know your love and your care and your calling and your purpose in their life. Father, for all that I know and love and all those people I know and love, I pray a great blessing on them. And for those who I don't, I pray that you, Father, would be close to them and encourage them today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Colin, bless you. Thank you so much again. I appreciate it, especially given everything you've shared that, uh, you know, it's a busy time for you. Um, so thank you for taking half an hour out and joining us on Three Points and a Prayer. Colin Bennett, thank you very much. Thank you, Russ. Wonderful. Thank you. Bye. And that's all for this week. My thanks for tuning in as always and listening. And please do share the show with your friends, your families and your churches. You can find us on most good podcasting platforms. So don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show. And if you could leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice, that would be amazing as well. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by searching Three Points and a Prayer, where you can have your say on each show. But for now, may you all know God's peace, love and blessing moving forward. <laughs>